Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. You are listening to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at WCEV1450.com. And remember, we are available wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, or SoundCloud. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. And last but not least, make sure that you are keeping up with us by following and liking our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> you will find us at Radio Islam USA. That is at Radio Islam USA. And if you'd like to give us a call, do so at 312-750-1178. 312-750-1178. All right, Radio Islam family, we are now, we're now to the good stuff. We have joining us on the phone, Sister Layla Abdullah Poulos. She is the founder and managing editor of NBA Muslims, an award-winning uh, writer um, and author, as I've said. Um, and we had the, the, the good fortune. We talked with her last, I think it was last month we spoke. Uh, and uh, after that, I said, you know, we, we need to stay in contact. So uh, we are pleased to have her on the line with us again. Assalamu alaikum. My head is blowing up because I didn't realize that was the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I said it at the beginning of the show. I said, I, I, told, I, told, the, uh, I told the Radio Sound family what was going on. And um, I'm just, I'm really excited. And um, I am, I have to say thank you. Uh, and I'm thanking you for um, opening my eyes up to Muslim fiction. Which is not, yes, not something that, uh, not a genre that I had really uh, been aware of, but the uh, the, the selection uh, that you gave, and I have to, I, I'm going to tell on myself. I'm re I'm reading it on on the Kindle, right? Because I couldn't wait for it to get uh, for the delivery. <laughs> so I'm actually seventy three percent. Oh, so you don't know the end yet? No, and I cannot wait. I'm going to finish it. My plan is to finish it uh, on my train ride home because okay. it, it tells me okay. I have 57 minutes, which means I probably will be done in 35. Okay. Yeah. Well, it is a really good book, um, Tightrope by Sahar Abdulaziz. She is an excellent Muslim author, and she's written other books before, and she's one of those Muslim authors that tackles really rough issues in her fiction and that's one of the great things about muslim fiction is that there are quite a few authors out there that are willing to do that and so we are blessed that they kind of tackle that on and 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 present uh, a lot of right social commentary and tightrope was very very relevant to the time that she she wrote it and she published it, it was right after the election of donald trump mm -hmm. and black Black people, even like one uh, black uh, congresswoman, were receiving nooses. Muslims were being attacked, and so the book's main character, Noor Ibrahim, is a black Muslim woman, and she's an activist. And so the book is so dynamic because it really highlights those intersections mm -hmm. of receiving discrimination and bigotry and hatred along intersections of race, gender, and faith. And um, so she did that, and she took that on, and she tackled it. And I think she did a really good job. I think she did a good job with Nora, and I think she did a, jo a good job with the other main character, Russell, yes. who is the stalker. 
Yes. What did you think of Russell? You know, I thought it, it's really interesting. Like sometimes, what well, most most often we look at a person uh, where they are and don't take into account where they come from, mm-hmm. uh, what what brought them there. So Russell, to me, was a, a fascinate is a fascinating character. Um, mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he reminds me of, of, of some folks that I know, um, but I, I found him to be, to be really fat. It was kind of sad. Uh, it, yeah. I, I thought it was, it was really sad because he was coming from, from a place of loss. Uh, and yeah. I just saw in him just a, an expression of that, uh, as Trump was, was, was putting out saying, talking about the forgotten Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is exactly who he was talking to, the, uh, mm-hmm. those people who felt like the, the, the country was, was passing them by. And, and we're not talking about issues of entitlement or anything like that or, or white, white privilege or anything like that. Those things don't exist f- for, those, for those people. Um, they just th- – yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think there's a certain level of it. It's definitely not at the same level as, say, as the Donald Trump or, or, or anyone in the middle, at a certain level of middle class. I think that Russell represents a loss of privilege and not being able to channel it effectively because of delusions of supremacy. Yes. He very much is a product of the racial society. He is a he's a white man that benefited certain ways. He was able to get jobs when people of color and blacks especially were not able to. He was able to get housing and and mortgages and everything when when blacks and people of color were not able to. And now he finds himself a victim of the very machine that gave him so much. Mm-hmm. And instead of really kind of being able to focus on on what caused him to lose his job and put his home in jeopardy because of gentrification and things like that. He, 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 he turns it on the people that he's been trained to develop stereotypes about and embrace stereotypes about and hate. And so when he sees Nora on the television, mm-hmm. she's the perfect target because she, she embodies everything. Yeah. She's a woman, she's black, and she's Muslim. So why not go for her? Okay, and and channel all of that anger to her. Okay, and and even he does it with the loss of his daughter George, as well, because he loses a daughter in the war, and so he channels all of that hate towards someone he does not even know, because he doesn't know how to deal with it effectively, and the only thing he can hold on to is the racial messaging that he's received from the time that he could cognate it. You know what? So I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, continue. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, I, I when you mentioned uh, his daughter George, so I'm maybe, and this is funny when you when you're reading with the Kindle, you're talking minutes. So I'm about ten minutes, ten or fifteen minutes past uh, the point where the uh, author reveals that George is a is a girl. He's his daughter. So yeah, my mouth just kind of dropped open. Like what? <laughs> you know. I know that was I, good, right? Yeah, I was, I was like, alert. I totally forgot about that. People have to. I have to. I have, when I do, when I do ad, ad analyses, I, I, there's spoiler alerts. You're just gonna know it. Yeah. Uh, I try not to give away <laughs> the ending, but you know, certain things drop. I can't help it. Yeah. And it, 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 it's crucial. It's critical because that was a lot. That was the culmination of his pain. It was just like pain on top of pain on top of pain. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that I'm interested in knowing from you, because mm-hmm. you said, like you said, like you were able to kind of like 
like like put that uh, the whole idea of white privilege to the side and 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 think of him as a human being that's been going through all of this pain and trauma mm-hmm. okay in the media they very much are very good at trying to frame uh white to com- white to commit acts of terrorism and rage in that way oh he was uh troubled he had gone through some stuff and everything like that Okay. Sure. Do you think that that excuses anything that he did to poor Noor during in the book? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. And it's it's funny you mentioned it because in the first half, um, we actually talked a, a bit about that. Just mm-hmm. with, you know, with the uh, the bomber in Texas. Uh, yeah. If you go back to the shooter in Vegas, uh, or, or any act of violence that's committed by a a white American, white male, or whatever, it's never. Uh, it's it, it's never anything other than a random act. It's never there's nothing else pushed put 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 to it. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I can. I was just saying that as far as white privilege is concerned, mm-hmm. um, it's not something that Russell would have would have been aware of, would have identified with. Uh, and I think you, you stated it uh, better than I did when you said that you know the machine that gave him so much was now. Uh, this was, was a source of uh, of this decline in his life. But what I found really, <laughs> I found it kind of laughable, was in his rant, I think mm-hmm. he, he said something to the effect of this uh, land of opportunity, work hard, uh, go to school, get an education, right? And he he was a person who did not get mm-hmm. an education, right? So he was able to, to stay on a job while everybody else was getting laid off, getting fired, and he just went on about his business. It didn't concern him. He never saw the writing on the wall and didn't think yeah. that he had to do anything differently or exert yeah. any more effort um, that, he was, that he was entitled. He was a secure white male. Yeah, That's absolutely. the thing. He was a secure white male. And I think it's interesting. I think one of the things that Abdulaziz did that was so fascinating is that she kind of she she contrasted in these two characters like that security and that insecurity because Russell wasn't the only place that Nora was getting it from no and so it seemed you know that that was one of the things that spoke to me as a black Muslim woman it's like you know I, I remember once I said to a colleague a white male you know it's hard to imagine that from the time you get up in the morning to the time that you go to bed at night, that you have to be constantly on guard that someone is going to have an issue with you mm-hmm. because of something, your race, your faith, your gender, something. It may be hard to imagine, but there are millions of people who live their lives that way. Every and day. Nora had to live her life that way. Russell didn't. And so when it happened to him, instead of him kind of like looking and thinking about, like you said, he didn't get an education. So instead of saying, well, you know what, I, I got, you know, I, I'm like a whole millions of people who who relied on this whole idea that I was going to have this steady employment. And now I don't. And I ignored the fact that I needed an education. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing stuff like that, he got mad at everybody else. And he got especially mad at people of color and especially mad at this black woman. I mean, in the beginning of the book, you know how he addresses her in all his emails. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like he instead of doing that, he shot it out and he and he externalized it because what else is he supposed to do with it? 
Right. What else is she supposed to do? And I think that she did that very, very well. I think as 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 a black person, sometimes I had I have a, a deficit in understanding that perspective because it seems like this country is very much sending the message that it was built for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, not by you. Right. But for you. And so what are you complaining about? You know? Yeah. And so it's just like, look, this is the, it's like these blinders that are put on people and then when it's taken off, what do they have left? But you know what? what? Do they have left? You know, I, I think there's there's a there's a fine line between understanding and agreeing. Um mm-hmm. and I can understand where someone like Russell uh, comes from, and I can understand how he was shaped and how, um, and how that has impacted how, he, uh, how he's related, how he sees the world, right? I understand it. Uh, but, of course, in no way do we agree with it, right? But it's – in that, just, re, re, I guess, retelling or giving a, a different narrative, a different understanding – um, that's something that takes such a concerted effort uh, and has to be done over such a long period of time. Uh, there's so much education that goes into that, um, correcting that miseducation, that, you know, you're going to continue to have Russell's pop up, you know, one after another. But let me ask this, um, because I was also, actually, I loved all of the characters. I, I think she's a wonderful writer. Um, mm-hmm. But Maria, Mariam, excuse me, because she, she would check me, Mariam. Um, uh, this, so this is a, a Puerto Rican uh, sister. Yes, Latina. Uh, yes, yeah. Latina sister who has um, uh, uh, embraced Islam and mm-hmm. who is going through the revert-convert drama at home uh, with mm-hmm. her family and friends. And her relationship with this new community that she thought was just so open and welcoming at the very mm-hmm. beginning uh, and, and found out that, well, it wasn't, it wasn't that clear cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found her story and I, I just can't wait to see how, how that ends, but <laughs> I found her story to be really uh, one. It just, it just really grabbed me uh, as well. Yes, I think that, you know, there, there's a huge, there's a very large population of converts slash reverts in the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, the experience is different it, uh, across, uh, for everyone. And, and there could be subtle differences even across racial lines and ethnicities and backgrounds and, and, and socioeconomic spheres. It could be very, very different. And I think that one of the things that Abdulaziz did with Maryam in particular, was to show that, you know, some of the things that con- converts or reverts may or may not go through, okay, mm. because everyone's experience is different. Right. And Miriam had to, to, to deal with the fact that in a lot of American Muslim communities, you know, I always, like, used the cheer that is no one, no one knows your name, no one's glad you came. Type of thing. <laughs> 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 you know, That's you cold. find yourself going in head first right. um, with this idea of, of brotherhood and sisterhood and being embraced a certain way, and then reality hits you. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be, it could be very something that is experienced differently, especially, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, based on skin tone. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I've, I, I'm, a, I'm, con, I'm a convert, and 
you know, I've I've gone through this experience with a lot of people that are con. My husband's a convert as well. Mm-hmm. I'm very very dark. He's very fair skinned. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's Puerto Rican as well. Mm-hmm. And the way he's treated and the way I'm treated, first of all, it's, it's, there's just stark differences. There's even stark differences based on the way I'm treated because I'm married to him, because I'm married to this white person. You know, there's a start, I get treated a, a, a different way. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you think about Islam and about the ideals of Islam, going into it as a phase mm-hmm. and then getting hit with the stark reality of Muslims because you got to deal with them. You know, I think that's what that that that's what Miriam very much represents. You know, and that not only with the issues with her family, but very much so. What do you do when the sisterhood or the brotherhood isn't so brotherly or sisterly? Yes. And so I like that. That I definitely like that she did that as well. And I also like I also like to a certain extent Ali and his, uh, um, Zaid. Yes. Okay, and his experience mm-hmm. because there are a lot of non-black Muslims who are kind of like bordering this fence that's put up based on anti-blackness and racism Mm -hmm. and so they're kind of like on this fence where they see and they and they they may see and embrace their fellow black muslims but their parents not feeling it and their cousins not feeling it and their aunts are not feeling it and their uncles are not feeling it and so how do they interact in that way so i think what happened between him and his father regarding race Mm-hmm. And his and him feeling more comfortable in a majority black uh, masjid, and his father kind of like wrestling him with that is also something that really speaks to a, a lot of American Muslim culture because there are these 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 contact zones, these point of contact between immigrant descent Muslims and black Muslims. And you know, we see the kids like yeah. Sometimes it's a harrowing experience, but sometimes you know it's a really it's a really positive experience where maybe the parents, because of just like outright bias, the kids some of the kids don't have that. They don't develop that to the same extent as their parents do. And so they're, they're like there's 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 an opportunity to make these connections. And I think that they represented that. So I think she also did that very well. I think that she did a great job with showing the layers of how, you know, um, especially like this whole concept of Islamophobia. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're doing Khalid Beidou's book, right? Yeah. So, that's the next one. Sure. <laughs> 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 you know, the Islamophobia, ethnicity, and race, because that's one of the things that, you know, we constantly miss the mark on. And, you know, there are a lot of great articles. Margaret Aziza has a great article about that, about, like, like intersections of race and faith and gender. Uh, 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 Mecca Ali has a really great article about that. And so it's like there are a lot of articles by black Muslim women that are kind of like saying, look, you know, we're, 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 we're being trained to see Islamophobia as this one thing and racism as this one thing and gender oppression as this one thing. Where you have people that are experiencing intersections of it and overlapping of it. And so, you know, we kind of need to look at that because I'm going to I'm going to oversimplify. I'm going to oversimplify the whole thing. And I'm going to put it into uh, the umbrella of, of of asserting and protecting human dignity. Um, and I think we're going to continue to find different, different layers and different manifestations of, uh, of, of, of prejudice, right, of bias. Mm-hmm. But 
that seems to be, and to me, I think that is the, the drawing power um, because I think, uh, Quranically speaking, I think that is something that, um, that we feel that our creator endows us with, that we've been created mm -hmm. in, a, in a dignified state. So, so we rail against that. We rail against anything that goes, uh, that goes against it. Uh, mm -hmm. w one of the things th that you mentioned, uh, just in terms of the relationship between uh, Zayd and, and you know, his father, or, or even Mariam uh, and, and her mother, they're questions of identity, right? Each, mm -hmm. each parent felt like their child was moving away from an identity that, uh, where they felt like they were being lost by seeing their children making decisions that, you know, to them betrayed an identity that they were trying to um, uh, pass down or cultivate or they mm -hmm. wanted to see uh, present after them. So do you, think, do you think that one of the issues that we face is not necessarily abandoning our ethnicities or abandoning our, our cultural, uh, the things that I guess that that, that have shaped us culturally, those good things, but that we have not come to a common term uh, as far as creating an identity that also celebrates our common humanity. Mm. I think that, you know, when you, when you mentioned the Quran, you know, Allah SWT says that he created us as, as complex beings and with different cultures and background so that we could get to know each other right so there's never going to be and that's one of the things i love about cultural studies and that's why i went into it and i stuck with it because it's always fluid it's always moving we're we as human beings are always fluid and always moving. we're always changing things you know um i had uh an interaction on twitter about the term nba muslims mm -hmm. And um, someone said it was too overarching. And, you know, I was just looking, I was thinking of when I coined the term from a cultural perspective, knowing that it's not going to stay the same. Right. Culture never stays the same. And so that's why it becomes our responsibility to understand each other and get to know each other. And, you know, you bring up Zay's father and Marion's mother, okay? Mm -hmm. And I have to kind of like be a little provocative here. You know, you know. <laughs> As a character, as a Muslim character, he's supposed to know better, okay, than to, to, to embrace all the stereotypes and bigotry and everything like that. You know, realistically, no yeah. one, you know, you know, he's supposed to know better, okay? Uh -huh. And so when his, when, his, when his son actually kind of like pushes him on that, you know, like we're Muslims, yeah. we're not supposed to be acting that way, what happened? He blows up. So it's <laughs> like... When his, his son is coming from an Islamic perspective, mm -hmm. not necessarily, not an Arab one, an right. Islamic one, okay? And the two are, are, are not, uh, like, intrinsically connected. Right. So when you're coming from this, he came from an Islamic perspective, his father blew up at him because he was right. The kid was right, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like when you're looking at the fact that, you know, you need to get, we need to be, get to know each other better. We need to know and understand where everyone is kind of coming from and not have these blinders on all the time. And I think that's the central message of this, of this novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, especially to Muslims, like, listen, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on that as, as, as such a complex community as the American Muslim communities are, we're very, very multifaceted and complex. We need to kind of like open up our eyes 
and talk and dialogue and interact with each other. Because if we keep on looking at it just from this one perspective, which is our own, mm-hmm. and we ignore the other things that are, that are happening to our fellow Muslims, okay, out there, we totally are going to just lose out. We're totally just going to lose out. And so it's just like, I think that's one of the primary messages to this book, is that if you're thinking about identity, it's not ever a single thing. Mm-hmm. It's not even ever a single thing in your life, okay? Because, you know, up until I was 18 years old, I had a different name and a different faith and a different worldview, and I and identified myself differently. And then, you know, I became Muslim, and it became something else. Then I married someone from another race, totally became something else. Then I had kids that are multiracial. It, totally became, it never stays the same, even in a person's life. It's sure as heck not going to stay the same in populations of people. And so if we, can, if we decide not to constantly learn and grow and share, we're, not, we're never going to progress. We're never going to progress as a, as a Muslim society. The Ummah is never going to progress anywhere. It's just not going to happen. And Allah that, says get to know each other. Mm-hmm. So that's what we need to get to knowing. And that also, that also goes back to, um, that goes back to removing this, the, removing the walls that we put up uh, in terms of it, it's become, uh, it's, I don't want to say a sport, but it is, it is trendy to other. It is trendy to leave somebody out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that has to become uh, that has to become unacceptable. Uh, but yeah. it is a cultural it is a cultural norm. Uh, one of the things you hit on, and we are coming down to our last couple of minutes that we didn't really get to explore as much. But I'm glad you did mention, and that is the uh, 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 the, the interracial um, aspects between. Um, well, not interracial. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, between uh, Mariam and uh, and Zaid, right? So mm-hmm. that's another segment, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned because I would I would really like to talk a bit more. You say how you get different looks as opposed to your husband. Uh, the right these are these are some of the things that are they had their root in uh, anti uh, anti blackness, but also in uh, in the idea of separating yourselves and not wanting to to deal with anybody outside of, of what you know, uh, or automatically assuming that everyone else is less than if they're not who you are. Yeah. So, well, yeah. first and foremost, that's pharaonic. Yeah. Okay, not Quranic, it's pharaonic, because that's how, that's how Pharaoh, Pharaoh dealt with his people. He separated them yep. into different groups, and which was, in and of itself is not bad, but he kept them separate. He kept them suspicious of each other and, and, and the children of Israel and, and, and even like his own population, the own, his own population of Egyptians. That's very Western, yeah. okay? And it's, it's, a, it's, a human fa- it's a human frailty. It's played and out here. It's played out here in America. It's definitely played out here because American society is based on a negative binary. Okay, I have to use that word negative because the law, some his signs are in binary. Right, they're okay? positive. Yes. And so to think of the binary in, as inherently negative is not a good thing because the law created binaries. Right. But you know this negative binary, what Patricia Collins calls oppositional binary, where two sides of a binary, one must be bad, one must be good. One must be black, one must be white, one must be poor, one must be rich. That's the way we're trained to think. And we're not, 
chronically, we're not trained to think that way. We're trained to think of binaries as something complementary to each other, okay, and right. not to not to other things, okay? So it's like with the sun and the moon, you know, oh, is the sun good and the moon bad? You know, so even gender, but that's a whole other thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Like pushing back on that gender, that negative gender binary that, like, feminism sets up. But that's a whole other conversation. Right. And so... <laughs> So it's like we're not we're not we're trained not to other okay, but we do. It was a human frailty. That's what we do. But as we right. try to grow and develop as Muslims, Sister Layla, we'll I'm gonna that. I'm gonna have to interrupt you. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're we're down to our last minute. I thank you so much for uh, for, exactly. for coming on. Uh, inshallah, I look forward to talking to you again about this uh, next the this, this next piece. Uh, we want to go ahead and thank our engineer over at uh, WCEV, Leonard. Thank you very much. We thank our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. I'm your host and producer for tonight's uh, edition of Radio Islam, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. The views expressed by the host and our guests are theirs and are to be taken as representative of Sound Vision, Inc. And with that, we thank you for joining us, and we leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.